Vidura said, Svayam Bhuvasya, Svayam Cha and Mano of Manu, Mangsaha, the dynasty, Parama, most. Samantaha, esteemed, Katyatam, kindly describe, Bhagavan, O worshipful sage, Yatra, in which, Maitunena, through sexual intercourse, Adhire, multiplied, Prajaha, the progeny. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Vidura said, the line of Svayambhuvamandu was most esteemed. O worshipful sage, I beg you, give me an account of this race whose progeny multiplied through sexual intercourse. Please repeat, Vidura said, the line of Svayambhuvamandu was most esteemed. O worshipful sage, I beg you, Give me an account of this race. Give me an account of this race. Whose progeny multiplied. Whose progeny multiplied. Through sexual intercourse. Through sexual intercourse. Regulated sex life to generate good population is worth accepting. Actually, Vidura was not interested in hearing the history of persons who merely engaged in sex life, but he was interested in the progeny of Svayambhuv Manu, because in that dynasty good devotee kings appeared who protected their subjects very carefully with spiritual knowledge. By hearing the history of their activities, therefore, one becomes more enlightened. An important word used in this connection is paramasamattaha, which indicates that the progeny created by Svayambhuv Manu and his sons was approved by great authorities. In other words, sex life for creating an exemplary population is acceptable to all sages and authorities of Vedic scriptures. Om Ajnana Timirandasya, Ajnana Anjana Shalakaya, Chakshu Amrita Amina, Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha, Anchakapa Trubyashta, Kripasin Nubeva, Chapatitanam Bhavani, Bio Vaishnavi, Bio Namonamaha. Namaste Jivanandaya, Dasaya Manachani, Prabhupada Labaya, Snida Shila Vinoye, Ajnana Dantagramana, Pashtate Paditamana, Jnana Gurutaya, Chita Harine, Chakshashay Namaha. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prishtaya Putale, Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine. Namaste Sarasvati Devi. Gauravani Pacharine Nirvi Shesha Shunyavari Pashatadi Satarine. Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nitananda Sri Advaita Garadhar Shiva Sadi Gauravatarinda. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare. Vidura Bhacha Svayambhu Vashacha Manur Vamsa Parama Samataha Katyatam Bhagavan Yatra Maitune Naidire Prajaha Vidura said, the line of Svayambhu Manu was most esteemed. O worshipful sage, I beg you, give me an account of this race whose progeny multiplied through sexual intercourse. So Prabhupada Ki Jai. Welcome to Srimad Bhagavatam class. Uh, I think I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, so, we're continuing with uh, the creation. And after Lubrama, 
created so many different varieties of living beings. Now Vidura, who is still becoming enlightened through this conversation, actually they're already both enlightened souls, Vidura and Maitreya, but to increase the ecstasy, they're continuing the conversations about Lord Krishna and his devotees. So now Vidura wants to hear about some of the progeny that comes from uh, Manu. Manu is known as the father of mankind. So Manu is one of the, is the son of Brahma. And then Manu has uh, many, he's a, he's a progenitor, so he has many sons and daughters. So he, doesn't, he wants to hear about these sons, but he doesn't want to hear just about any sons. He wants to hear about the uh, saintly persons. Persons in the line of devotion. Like, your parents are both devotees of Krishna. Right, Narayan? So you coming from them, it's more likely you're going to have good qualities. Because of your parents' consciousness. So, birds of a feather flock together. And these persons coming from Svayam Bhuvmanu, especially at the beginning, these are pious persons. So Fedora wants to hear about persons who are pious, who have good qualities, who are saintly. Because when we hear about persons with good qualities, saintly persons, this speaks to our direct relationship between the Lord and His parts and parcels, as opposed to the separated existence. A separate existence that's not part of God's plan. So the different uh, levels of purity and of saintliness, but ultimately the great kings, they would set the pace in society, the leaders of society. Krishna says, That the leader set the pace, and so the knowledge is passed down through the kings, and the kings, Prabhupada says here in the purport, protects the citizens through the spiritual knowledge. That's important. Protection comes from knowledge. Like you learn the, the knowledge of how to drive. Yeah. So because you learn, you're protected uh, from so many things that could happen if you didn't understand them. If you didn't know which side of the road to drive on, if you didn't know when to stop and not to stop, you get in an accident. Yeah. So when you're given spiritual knowledge by the sages, by the sadhus, by Krishna, it protects us. It protects you. So that's the benefit of the, uh, the first purificatory rite. And that's the Garbhadam Samskara. So like the Garbhadam Samskara means what is the consciousness of the parents when they conceive? And Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, he says, I am sex life, which is not contrary to the religious purposes. Now we learn that some things in life is very difficult, if not impossible, to purify or offer to Krishna. Or it's not a, a, a very good offering. It may be an offering in the mode of good and ignorance to Lord Shiva. Right? It's not a very nice offering. But this particular uh, practice of sex life in religious principles, actually can become completely purified activity. But it's also a very specific activity. Very specific. In very specific environment and circumstance, done in the right consciousness. 
then that becomes a completely pure and righteous activity. Prabhupada said all the great sages confirm this fact. Otherwise, Krishna would, why would Krishna say, I am sex life, which is not contrary to religious principles? So the problem is, is that almost exclusively this Garbhadam Samskara does not take place anymore. So the opposite is illicit sex life or sex life done whimsically for recreation. This is, is bondage for the soul. It's said to be like chains. When we engage in sinful activities of sense gratification in this world are like chains that bind us. But knowing the art, when done for the purpose of having a child take birth with good qualities, the Garbhadam Samskara is purified. So what's the key to that purificatory process? And really, what can we say is the key to all rites of passage or all pure practices in life? The culmination of all purity, and that's remembrance of Krishna. And that's why Prabhupada said, he said, chant 64 rounds, you have a better chance of remembering Krishna. <laughs> See, because if we remember Krishna, then we're in the right consciousness. And that's the key thing. And that is possible, remembering Krishna. And so, It's very amazing how everything's a science. And without this knowledge, we're really in trouble. We're really in a place of danger. Because we're doing things that have a reaction. You understand? Karma? We do things not according to God's way. We suffer a reaction. So it's dangerous. So the science of Krishna consciousness He's learning how to do things in the right way. Now, who is an, exam- an exemplary householder that we can know from Prabhupada's books? <laughs> any, any recollection of... That's what I was looking for. Yes. Krishna was an exemplary householder. And actually, he told Narada, Narada came to see what Krishna was doing in his household life and work. And he said, I'm performing these household duties for the sake of educating the people. Because a lot Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan were simply one of spontaneous loving exchange. But when Krishna taught the regulative processes of spiritual life, he did that in his household life. In Dwarka. Because the Grihasa Ashram is integral for the Varnashram Dharma system. It's a really important process to, to work through, and to do so in the right way. So during this, when, when Narada was seeing Lord Krishna's activities, he saw activities that were, all of them were dharmic, but not all of them were shuddha-shattva. Not all of them were pure Krishna consciousness. So just like in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna gives different types of knowledge, some that go through the Varnashram system, some that go through the... the the regulated practices, Vedic sacrifices, worshiping the demigods, meditation. And so similarly, Lord Krishna showed this in his household life to Narada. When Narada saw how Lord Krishna was behaving. But he also showed pure transcendental activities. 
And like in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, if you can do these, you can give up everything else. If you can, do, if you can always remember me, if you can surrender fully to me, you can give up all these preliminary steps of spiritual life. And you can simply embrace full Krishna consciousness. And how can we embrace that full Krishna consciousness? Practically. How can you be Krishna consciousness, Krishna conscious at work? What are some ways that you can be Krishna conscious when you're at work? Yeah? How are you going to chant? Because you're at the register, you're talking to people. How are you going to chant? I can't chant myself inside. Inside? In your heart? Okay, so the chant is still going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then in between, when you have customers, then what can you do? I can't chant. Chant more? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Very good. <laughs> so let's see let's see what Narada Muni what he saw Lord Krishna doing. Because this will give us instruction about how to live um, in Grihasta life. So the first palace, there's sixteen thousand one hundred and eight queens and sixteen thousand one hundred and eight palaces. The first palace was Rukmini Devi. So let's see what Krishna is doing with Rigimi Devi. Now, there's a pure transcendental activity that goes on here, and I want you all to, um, to confirm what that is, to call that out. So Narada saw that Lord Krishna was sitting with Rigimi Devi, the mistress of that particular palace, who was holding the handle of a chamara whisk. Even though there were many thousands of maidservants equally beautiful and qualified, of the same age, Rukmini Devi personally was engaged in fanning Lord Krishna. <clears throat> Krishna is a supreme personality Godhead, worshipped even by Narada. Yet as soon as Krishna saw Narada enter the palace, he got down immediately from Rukmini's bedstead and stood up to honor him. Lord Krishna is a teacher of the whole world, and in order to instruct everyone <clears throat> how to respect a saintly person like Narada, Muni, he bowed down, touching his helmet to the ground. Not only did Krishna bow down, but he also touched the feet of Narada and with folded hands requested him to sit on his chair. Lord Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, worshipped by all devotees. He is the most worshipful spiritual master of everyone. The Ganges water which emanates from his feet sanctifies the three worlds. All qualified Brahmanas worshipped him and therefore he is called Brahmanya Dev. Brahmanya means one who fully possesses the Brahminical qualifications which are said to be as follows. Truthfulness, self-control, purity, mastery of the senses, simplicity, full knowledge by practical application and engagement in devotional service. Lord Krishna possesses all these qualities and he is worshipped by persons who themselves possess such qualities. There are thousands and millions of names of Lord Krishna, Vishnu, Sahasranam, and all of them are given to him because of his transcendental qualities. Did you want us to call out by now? Sorry? Did you want us to call out by now? Yeah. Okay, so I think that... Um, because Rukmini is an emanation of the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi. That when she's fanning Krishna, it's like similar to Lakshmi. It's like massaging his lotus feet. Good. Anything else? Any other transcendental activity? Um, he's bowing down at Narada's feet, which 
this is dharmic rather than being in Krishna consciousness because he is Krishna. So is that a lower level dharma or is that transcendental activity? Transcendental activity. Okay. Krishna is But you could say that Narda should be worshiping Krishna and watching Krishna's feet and giving Krishna's feet, but it's the opposite way. But he does that with every everything that he does in all time, space, and matter, and that, that's what he does all the time. That's worshipable even by Krishna, because Krishna says to worship the Brahmanas, and because he's in house life, that's something he accepts as showing the Dharma way. Okay, so is worshiping the Brahmanas a uh, lower level Dharma, or is it a transcendental activity? What do you say, Nanta Prabhu? First class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, no, you're correct because Krishna actually says to our Lord Shiva that worshiping the devotees is even higher than himself. Mm-hmm. So we, we serve Krishna directly, one of the most powerful processes of devotional service. How Narada Muni himself attained liberation is serving the devotees of Krishna. So that's, that's good. You're correct on that. So, let's see, let's see some other activities. So Narada is offering some prayers to the Lord. Okay, so here we go. After departing from the palace of Rukmini, Nardaji wanted to see further activities of Lord Krishna's internal potency, Yoga Maya. Thus he entered the palace of another queen. There he saw Lord Krishna engaged in playing chess with his dear wife and Uddhava. The Lord immediately got up from his personal seat and invited Narada Muni to sit there. The Lord again worshipped him with as much paraphernalia for reception as he had used in the palace of Rukmini. After worshipping him properly, Lord Krishna acted as if he did not know what had happened in the palace of Rukmini. He therefore told Narada, My dear sage, when your holiness comes here, you are full in yourself. Although we are householders and are always in need, you don't require anyone's help, or you are self-satisfied. Under the circumstances, what reception can we offer you, and what can we possibly give you? Yet since your holiness is a brahmana, it is our duty to offer you something as far as possible. Therefore, I beg you to please order me. What can I do for you? Okay, so which activities here were transcendental that were a little bit different from the first one? Oh, that's okay. I don't know, is there anything you want? Which ones are more transcendental than the other ones? Yeah, which activities? Because Krishna is demonstrating dharmic activities in the Varnashrama system, and he's also exhibiting transcendental activities. So which pastimes here with the second queen or more than the were, were, were also transcendental activities? Because he wasn't doing this whole bowing down with the crown thing, but instead using paraphernalia to worship. Yeah, he was doing more extended worship, and also he was offering words of praise to Narada. He didn't do that before. Let's see. So he stood up. Yeah, the first time he stood up to offer him, to honor him. 
and he washed his feet and had him in the chair. But then the second time he describes how he's actually now with his words praising Narada. So it's also said that when a guest comes to the home, that you know you offer them sweet words. That's one of the things: sweet words, a place to sit, some water, um, and that's why also you you keep a very sattvic environment because guests are always welcome to come and also the Supreme Lord resides in the home of a householder in the form of a deity. So Narjaji knew everything about the pastimes of the Lord, so without further discussion he simply left the palace silently in great astonishment over the Lord's activities. He then entered another palace. This time Narjaji saw that Lord Krishna was engaged as an affectionate father petting his small children. From there he entered another palace and saw Lord Krishna preparing to take his bath. In this way, Saint Narada entered each and every one of the 16,000 residential palaces of the queens of Lord Krishna, and in each of them he found Krishna engaged in different ways. In one palace he found Krishna offering oblations to the sacrificial fire and performing the ritualistic ceremonies of the Vedas as enjoined for householders. Now, if we chant Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, do we have to do all those Vedic sacrificial rituals? Okay. Why is that? Because um, it's karma yoga. Mm. Good. So those would be like lower dharmic activities, mm-hmm. as opposed to the direct bhakti yoga process of chanting the holy names of Krishna. So in another palace, he found Krishna performing the Pancha Yagya sacrifice which is compulsory for a householder. This yajna is also known as panchasuna. Knowingly or unknowingly, everyone, especially the householder, commits five kinds of simple activities. And I know this is true, especially because uh, Ananda Prabhu, he has a nest of um, yellow jackets, wasps, right next to his door, and he doesn't want to disturb them. And also there's a... There's a uh, Black widow spider also lives right next to the door, and he won't disturb. But usually the householders will shoo them away. Knowingly or unknowingly, everyone, especially the householder, commits five kinds of sensible activities. When we receive water from a water pitcher, we kill many germs that are in it. Similarly, when we are grinding, when we use a grinding machine or eat food, we kill many germs. When sweeping a floor or igniting a fire, we kill many germs. When we walk on the street, we kill many ants and other insects. Consciously or unconsciously, in all, in all our different activities we are killing, therefore it is incumbent upon every householder to perform the Panchasuna sacrifice to rid himself of the reactions to such sinful activities. So do we as householders in the Krishna Conscious Movement have to perform the Panchasuna sacrifice? So if they don't perform this Panchasunya Yajna, then how will they be purified from unnecessary, um, killing all these living entities? Because Krishna says that he would personally deliver you from the circle of birth and death and Good. those things. Sarva Dharma Vritya Dhamma Ekam Sharanam Jaham Tvam Sarva Papi Yo Moksha Yajan Masucha. 
So he says, I'll deliver you from all sinful reactions. If we have, simply have faith performing bhakti yoga, then that's, that fulfills all the other sacrifices and Vedic rituals. And one, one stroke, right? One stroke Prabhupada says. <clears throat> In one palace, Narada found Lord Krishna feeding brahmanas after performing ritualistic yagyas. In another palace, Narada found Krishna silently chanting the Gayatri Mantra. And in a third, he found him practicing fighting with a sword and shield. Okay, so these can all be directly Krishna conscious activities. Feeding the devotees, um, chanting Gayatri Mantra, we do that. And if we happen to be a devotee who's serving military, then we also have to practice for Krishna. Not using swords, but other weapons. So. Yeah. It seems like the variety of ways that Krishna is doing householder life is dedicating one activity to each householder life in which the, the wife of his, that's the wife of the household, is able to relish that aspect within that palace of that Krishna's pastime. And that each of their names represents the varieties of the, the um, that they have with them. Well, certainly every queen has a very specific relationship, and a lot of those different mellows are described also in Krishna book. Some, some of the activities, um, as described in the next chapter, are actually performed in every household. So some of them. So what you're saying, it sounds good, but I can't totally confirm that that's the case. Like specifically like this one to that house and that one to this house because yeah he's able to do but some but um it seems like he does these things to um appreciate and worship his wife in that way to give her that um bliss because he's self-sufficient he's doing it for her benefit and doing it because she wants him to he's definitely uh known as bhaktivatsal and because everybody's an individual he's definitely serving and pleasing his wives in varieties of ways. So I can agree with that. In some palaces, Lord Krishna was found riding on horses, elephants, or chariots, and wandering hither and thither. Elsewhere, he was found lying down at his bedstead, taking rest. And somewhere else, he was found sitting in his chair, being praised by the prayers of his different devotees. In some of the palaces, he was found consulting with ministers like Uddhava or important matters, on important matters of business. In one palace, he was found surrounded by many young society girls enjoying in a swimming pool. In another palace, he was found giving well-decorated cows in charity to the brahmanas. And in another palace, he was found hearing the narrations of the Puranas and of history, such as Mahabharat, which are supplementary scriptures for disseminating Vedic knowledge to common people by narrating important instances in the history of the universe. So that's basically directly what was being said in today's verse, that... Um, this is a history of, of great personalities, and that's why Vidura wanted to hear about these people. Because when we hear about what exemplary persons do, we become inspired to follow in their footsteps. And so that's why Lord Krishna performed these pastimes of behaving like a perfect householder. Uh, he wanted to show, as he says to Narada, he wants to show the, the processes of dharma, arta, kama, and moksha, which are the lower level dharmas. But also, you can, we see so many directly Krishna conscious activities that Lord Krishna did. And if we fully embrace those, 
we don't have to follow any of the, the uh, preliminary or lower level dharmic activities. And so, uh, just to complete today's discussion, I'd like to briefly touch again on uh, King Priyavrata, who was one of these exemplary sons of Manu that Abhidura is, is asking about, and this is going to be described in the fifth canto. And one key element of doing things in the right way is first, like, like Prabhupada says in the purport, we're protected by the spiritual knowledge given by the leaders, the stately leaders. Um, but the way that we can actually go about carrying them out, we may be given theoretically the knowledge, but to carry them out, we have to uh, develop control of our own mind and senses. And that's really the key element of of the yoga practice. How do we control our senses? And then doing so, we can do the correct activities. So there's this beautiful analogy given that the king is in the fortress. The fortress is protecting him. And his enemies are coming. And he is destroying all these enemies. And when that victorious king has destroyed all the enemies coming into his fortress, that's said to be like the, the man or woman who's controlled their senses on the path of spiritual life. So that's, that's a wonderful analogy because we can see that the senses are our enemies until they're controlled. And they, they can attack us from all sides. So we're, we're protected by being in the fortress of Krishna consciousness. And we're vigilant. And in time, becoming more powerful through the practice of bhakti yoga and the association of devotees, we can completely destroy all these enemies and to be like that King Priyavrata that actually Lord Brahma was um, encouraging Priyavrata to engage in household life but do so as a servant, service to God. If he can control his senses, then he'll be, if he can control his senses and do it for the right purpose, for the pleasure of Lord Krishna and devotional service, then he'll be successful in household life. Yeah. I might be jumping ahead of the field on topic of today's discussion that um, Krishna has different uh, ways to devote yourself to him. I forget what the proper Vedic term is, without like you can be his like parent or his friend or his uh, wife or something like this. So are the wives like, because the gopis are like the topmost, and I'm wondering if it's like between the gopis and the wives, do they engage in that conjugal world? So in, in Dwarka, Lord Krishna um, engages with the wives to raise family in Krishna consciousness. So Krishna has actually ten children with each wife. So it's a different, it's a different type of conjugal relationship. It's it's a different mood. Um, and in Vrindavan, it's more of a, like a spontaneous mood of um, paramorship. But in, in Dwarka, it's a very dharmic mood. Oh, there's love there, but it's, um, it's not at all as uh, dramatic or whimsical or but seemingly we're supposed whimsical. to be like emulating the dharmic one rather than the spontaneous one in the material world. Yeah, this is a really important point. I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because we, we're never to imitate Lord, the way for Lord Krishna behaves in Vrindavan. But the Lord specifically performed these pastimes showing Narada 
as an exemplary householder to teach us. So that's the difference, is that we, we follow, when Lord Krishna gives an instruction, an example teaching us, we follow that. But when the Lord acts very intimately in Vrindavan as a supreme, he's acting as a supreme Lord. He's behaving in, in spontaneous loving relationships as a supreme Lord. And we can never imitate that. We're supposed to climb to these realizations of friend, father, yeah. husband, to the point of meditating on that, but not partaking in it. Yeah, and, and one can be in relation, in a, in a, engaged in a relationship with Krishna like that, but never imitating Krishna's behavior. Oh. Does that make sense? So like we can we can reach the highest stage of relationship with Krishna as a gopi, and being re- engaged in spontaneous conjugal love with Krishna that's possible, but we are always uh, the gopi servitor, and Krishna is always the um, ever ever free Lord. We always r- remain um, a humble servitor. That's really the, the pivotal point of material versus spiritual existence. The spiritual existence, we remain the humble servitor of Krishna. And so the gopis have like an advantage on them. If they're not necessarily wanting to be in married household life with lots of children, and they're only seeing the house and stuff, they prefer the horse and the counter. Well, they, they are married. The gopis are? They're married, but they have... They have a kind of paramour ras with Krishna, but it's completely pure. Though that thing is most degraded in the material sense, when somebody cheats on their spouse, it's most degraded. But in the spiritual sense, it's the highest thing. It actually purifies everyone. It purifies gopis. It purifies their families, their husbands, everybody. It's actually praised by all the great sages who condemn illicit activities in this world. But that activity is praised. Because that's God's position. It increases the bliss of his devotees. It's the most transcendental position and magical position of Krishna and his Nari Raminda because he's not necessarily married to her. It's pure love. Yeah. Again, like paramour means that they're they're married to to others. Paramour means like um, polygamy? What's that? You mean polygamy? Paramour? No. Paramour is like no, paramour means that, that they're married to, to others. Other people? Yeah, and they, they sneak off to see Krishna. Uh, so but this is this, this thing which is yeah, this thing which is most degraded in, in the material sense, when we try to imitate most degraded, it's most pure in the spiritual sense yes. with Krishna. Because it's like the gopis are like meeting Krishna on this astral. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's a very uh, dramatic and adventurous and uh, risky. That's why it's said that the gopis are the highest servitors because they give up all ideas of mundane dharma to, to surrender themselves to Krishna because of their love for Krishna. So how do the husbands of the gopis miss out? Because it's not that the gopis are married to Krishna, but they're married to other people and they don't feel like they're being cheated on because the men that are married to the gopis have the opportunity to be elevated to the point of gopis. And they may have a different rasa, but again, like I said, it actually increases the ecstasy of all the residents of Vrindavan, including the husbands of the gopis, everybody. Because it's with Krishna. That's that's the difference. It was with an ordinary person to be most degraded, but when it's with Krishna, 
it's perfect and complete. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Bye. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.